It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, July 18th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that cannot believe we actually have a Morgan Frost contract. Yay! All right, we're going to talk about that and the rest of DevCamp coming up next. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. We are going to talk about the Morgan Frost contract and expectations for him this season. We're going to wrap up DevCamp with talk about the three-on-three tournament. And we will also name our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Before we dive into the Morgan Frost contract, just a couple of notes. One, uh, like we said on Friday, we're in our off-season mode, so we'll have episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week. Lots of good stuff to get to. Um, We are also going to talk about the Hockey Canada lawsuit Toward the end of the episode, we're going to do that after our nemesis of the week, and that uh, involves sexual assault. So if that's something that you want to skip, that's why we're putting it at the end of the episode so that you can avoid it if that's something that is important to you. All right, Russ. So Morgan Frost, one year, one way deal, $800,000. That is a value deal, if ever there was one. Or a bad deal. It could be a bad deal because if he goes out there and has like a 40-point season, good luck on that next contract. Now you're going to have to negotiate and pay a higher AAV next year than you would have this year instead of paying, you know, maybe Nick Delorier. So that's where that's where something like that could come in uh, and bite you. It absolutely could. It's definitely a prove-it kind of contract where Morgan Frost has every incentive to succeed this upcoming season and really make the Flyers pay, like you just said. And uh, it, it brings up a really good question because Morgan Frost has been such a question mark for the last couple of years. You know, is he going to make it? Is he not? Are they going to use him right? Like, what is actually going on with Morgan Frost? And now, again, because it's a one-way deal, he's going to stick at the NHL level no matter what. And so what does success look for him this season? You know, what does he have to achieve in order to say, yeah, I, I, I did it. I'm here. Yeah, I think hold down a, a 3C spot uh, when, you know, he was like 49% faceoffs last year. Similar is good, 48.4. So if he goes 49, that's great. Um, 
you know, there's very few 56, 57 guys in the league like a Giroux, you know. So right. if, he, if he holds that, that's fine. Uh, get 35 points, get 30 points. Something in that range is good. Yeah, he had five goals and 11 assists in 55 games this past season. So I think you're spot on there in terms of the points. I want like 10 goals, 20 assists. Yeah. Is is kind of what I'm looking looking at stat-wise for him. Don't give him just, you know, big muscle men on the line with him. If it's going to be like Delorier and let's just say Zach McEwen, even though it never would be, he's not getting those points. So, you know, you got to at least put another skill guy with him on that line too. You got to give him a chance. Exactly. I, th I think that's the most important thing is that he needs to be put in a position to succeed. And so that means getting more than the just shy of 14 minutes average time on ice per game than he got last season. That's got to certainly go up. Uh, his zone starts were 60-40 offensive zone last year. And I think that's about right. So Yeah, that's good it, for him. If it's a, if it's similar, I think that does put him in a good position. And then, you know, he's taking those faceoffs like you were talking about in the offensive zone more often. Um, but if he does have somebody to get it to, I think they can do something with the puck. That's more important because then he can put himself in a position to take another pass and take take a shot on net. And um, last season, just shy of 56 percent of his shot attempts went through to the net. Um, he could improve that, but I don't think that's a bad starting off point for him. No, it's not. I mean, I, I look at a lot of those shooting percentages and that's not a bad percentage getting through. So if there is somebody around to knock the puck in, he will get some of those points. His play away from the puck, I thought was pretty good last year. It'll probably get better under torts. That's fine. I, again, I, I look at this deal and he's been training hard. Uh, I was happy, you know, for him and his family, since I know a little bit about him. Uh, and again, this is one of those situations where you need this guy to succeed. If he doesn't, then you're even in more trouble next year because then you even need more help from the outside. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the case. And as camp starts up, as, as we get towards the season, we're going to start seeing some line combinations come into play in practice and oh, in yeah. the preseason games. And it's going to give us a big clue as to whether or not Frost is going to be in that position to succeed. Right. Right. I mean, again, it really is up to the coach. We could talk about it all day. And if the coach doesn't like him, it may not happen. But I think he will like him. And I think he'll he'll play well in his system. You know, like we talked about, not every play is going to. So. I don't know. Will he have James Van Riemsdyk, Van Riemsdyk on his line because he's been banished? I don't know. He might. Uh, I just that's the whole thing is I can't tell you for sure who his line mates are going to be, but hopefully they don't get changed around all year. I'd like to see him get pretty standard line mates, but you know that's probably a big ask. Yeah, I think with this team it is a big ask, but some consistency I think will do him good, and I'm looking for that as well from the coaching staff development camp had its three on three tournament to end the camp. Uh, you were there, Russ, who mm -hmm. stood out to you the most? Uh, I would say if it's the most out of anybody, you know, I'll still say cutter Gauthier because again, for me, it wasn't about who wins the tournament or who scores the most goals. It, it to me, it's, looking on the ice, seeing how they're doing skating, seeing how they're 
working with the teammates. I mean, Gauthier had some shots. He had one shot that I'd never seen anybody pull off, which was like a no-look backhand. Uh, just was unbelievable. Was on net, didn't go in, but it was just incredible that he got it off. Uh, you know, his skating looked good. All of that looks good. So I didn't, even when I wrote something on sportsology.com, I didn't write a tremendous amount about Gauthier because it's kind of like you should, you know, expect that out of him. Uh, I thought Devin Kaplan was right up there. I did. Mm -hmm. I, th I thought, um, you know, he had some, a couple of little battles with um, Zade Wisdom, which was good. And he was sort of winning those. Uh, he's a big guy. And so, like, you know, for Wisdom, again, he can't really be physical in these games. So you have to just take it for what it's worth. But the right. fact, but the fact is that you know Kaplan was able to sort of take advantage of that a little bit, and so that was good for him. His passing was great. He was one of the best passers in camp, and I know you generally don't think that way for a power forward, but he really is. His passing is really adept. So, so that was that stood out. You know, Ronnie Adder stood out too, but he only stood out because he's an offensive defenseman. If they try and change him into a defensive defenseman, I don't know if he'll stand out. What you can't tell in camp is the one thing that I still looked at and wondered at last year, and that was, can he keep up the pace of an 82-game season? I don't know. I still don't know the answer. I'm not going to get that answer in camp. We saw some nice little flashes last year at the end of the season, but he hasn't played this many games. This pace is right. a little bit beyond what his skating is. His skating continues to get better, but I don't want to throw him in the deep end of the pool right away. I'd rather him start off in the AHL, but I can't tell you that that's definitively going to happen. And he's dead set on making the team, which doesn't really mean anything in the torts world. But it's good to just see that, you know, he is progressing and he was a good overage selection because, you know, that's the thing. He he admitted he wasn't ready for the first couple of years. So the fact that he wasn't drafted, he understands some guys. It really does help. Again, a lot of times with defensemen, it takes until they're 25, and he's 23 now. So that's that's not a made-up thing that you know people like me just make up. A lot of times it's real. Well, I want to talk more about the defense and how you evaluate in a three-on-three -three tournament. But first, we are going to talk about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league review and news, including Major League Baseball, and all the info leading up to next year's NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most starting July 18th? Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. That's available today on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. So continuing our conversation about the rest of development camp, I do want to talk a little bit more about evaluating defense in a three-on-three -three tournament because I think that it really shows, you know, where guys can work in tight spaces and 
puck battles in the corners. It doesn't obviously show like open ice skills and, you know, outlet passes and breakouts and stuff like that. So what do you take away from a three on three tournament for the defensemen? Yeah, more of possession, stick to puck and good body positioning. That's all you can do. It's so fast out there. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, if a defenseman's able to hold on to the puck and skate with it a little bit and eventually make some passes, he's doing well because there's so it's so hard to have puck possession in a three-on-three. You know, I felt guys like Adder did well with that. Wyatt Wiley did well with that. Wyatt Wiley was able to really make some great passes. I think, you know, like working off of last season, I feel like he's making really good strides. Again, needs another full AHL season. Don't put him up in the NHL. But, you know, he looks more like an NHL prospect than ever before. And that's good. That is really good to hear. I know we talked a lot about his development this past season on the Phantoms and that he did take strides and had blocks of games where he looked really good overall. I, I think we just really wanted more consistency at a at a slightly higher level from him. And if he can do that this upcoming season in Lehigh Valley, maybe he gets a look late in the season. Yeah. And uh, Ethan Sampson looked good. Uh, I felt like his... Puck moving was good, agility, uh, good first pass as well. He's definitely coming along. He's a guy who probably doesn't get talked enough about enough because it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. But right. he's, he's definitely developing too. I mean, again, the Flyers have some good offensive prospects, but honestly, they're more stacked on defense than than anything. Yeah, which is interesting to say because you don't really think about the Flyers that way. But as far as the development goes, I I think you're right that some of the defensemen are further ahead than the bulk right. of the I mean, forwards. Zamula, you know, Zamula's not mm-hmm. at this camp. Like, they just, they right. have a bigger breadth of defensemen. The the good, you know, offensive players do stand out. Um, I would say, if you want to talk about Mr. Bump, that was a funny thing because uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was a goal. He did a backhand and he roofed it. And Charlie actually, Charlie O'Connor videoed it. And so he played it back and he's like, no, 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 that's a goal. And so Alex was happy to hear that. Uh, But Alex did. He's an honest kid. I'll give him that because he looked good out there. The stick and puck was all good out there. Um, But, you know, later when we got to interview, I I did ask him about moving up a level and were the same moves working because, you know, I told you on a previous show that they definitely weren't. And he said, yeah, you know, they definitely were stopping more. The goalies were a lot better. So like he, you know, he saw the difference, but I'll, I'll tell you, it reminds us all of when we played sports and you, you thought you were really good and then you go up against some guys and then you realize, wow, now I've got to get you know better. And I think that's what this camp does for a guy like him. And he's a very competitive guy. And I think knowing that he moved up a level from high school last year, now college will be a very big challenge. And, you know, I expect to see him in college for two to three years. Right. He did say that he felt like he performed better in comparison to the more seasoned prospects than he thought he might have so Mm -hmm. that it it felt good. Uh, But at the same time, he really knows what he has to work on. Um, He said specifically he needed to use his frame a little bit more and like utilize some of the size that he has. So I I think that's a good sign as well. And, And college is exactly where he should be in terms of getting to the point where maybe he has a shot at this thing, you know? Right, right. And um, Zade Wisdom looked good. He certainly, um, 
he was helping a lot of young players. They asked him a lot of questions about being a pro. Later on, he answered questions about Shane Wright, which were really good. And he and I loved that um, Sam Moran took him around town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get to know Philly, that is amazing, Sam Moran, man. Yeah, oh. he's a good guy, and and now he's his coach. But but that's good. And and I feel like you know his shoulder is fully healed, and his skating is good. I just don't know if there's enough maturity in his game, maturity in his game yet to be an NHLer. That's mm-hmm. you know we'll find that out in camp. And if it's not, it's okay. He'll be a top liner in Lehigh. Let him go through. Perfect. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. Again, one of the goals of this year should be to have a better Lehigh team. So this way, those guys can develop down there. And if you have to call them up for spot duty or whatever, then they're more ready than they were last year. Last year was kind of a horror show. So this year, I feel like at least at the start of the year, things are aligned better that way. But again, I don't know what the direction is going to be of coaching and a lot of other things, but the players, it's not their fault. No, and at least it's year two, right, of something new in Lehigh Valley. They're not starting from scratch entirely. There'll be a bunch of returning players there, plus some of the guys like Zade Wisdom, like potentially Tyson Forrester, um, who had that limited pro experience the year before. Uh, So I do think the environment at Lehigh Valley should, in theory, be better this year. Um, You know, knock on wood here. But I I do think that that experience will be good for everybody from this camp who makes that team and and, uh, has an opportunity to really build their game. Yeah, and Forrester, I think his skating still needs a little work. He's got a little time here. I don't foresee him making the club. I don't think he should, but, you know, could you call him up after like 30 games if he's like, you know, got 10 goals or something down there? Sure. I mean, that's, you know, that's the beauty of all this is you don't have to have them start the season. You could have them just rip it up down there and prove that they're better than than being at that level. So that's, you know, that's part of what I think gets lost when everybody gets excited when they see somebody. You know, once again, Elliot Denoye was the best skater there, but... Now I think the compression starting to happen for him where it's like, all right, you know, there's a few other players in this camp that weren't there last year. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he's maybe the third or fourth, fifth best offensive player there. And so you could see that he's still got a ways to go to, to make it to the NHL and definitely need seasoning. And that's, again, that's fine too. Yeah, and I think uh, he'll do great in in Lehigh Valley this upcoming season. I think he'll learn to adjust his game to where it needs to be before he gets a shot at the Flyers, which is, again, exactly where he should be. So I've got no issue with that. Uh, We did learn that John Tortorella showed up on Wednesday and talked to everybody. We learned that secrecy, I guess. Yeah, we learned about that from Ronnie Adderd in his media availability Uh, And a bunch of the guys, him and Zade Wisdom in particular, talked about preparing for a John Tortorella camp for for rookie camp and training camp this fall. And you could tell that they were intimidated by it, but also pretty excited about it, too. Yeah, they're excited for the challenge. I'm sure after a day or two, it's it becomes very evident what you're up against. But I do like the fact that they were ready for the challenge. And the only reason I say in secrecy with John being there is because, like, really, we heard nothing about it. And it's just like you wish there was a little bit of coverage here that kind of helps us. It feels like 
you know, we in the media have to kind of like dig for everything now, which is fine. I mean, eventually we get to the bottom of things and find out for everybody else. But, you know, I, I think it should be a little more forthcoming. I mean, if me, as much as I, you know, want would want to push John Tortorella, I'm just saying if the Flyers would have taken some pictures, put him up on social media, showing him with the next generation, wouldn't have hurt. I would have loved that because I think especially with everything over the last week or so, some news like that and some posts like that would have gone a long way, I think, to pull people's focus from the free agency. Yeah, that's for sure. But well, now what do I know? <laughs> well, we are going to have our nemesis of the week coming up next and me thinks at least on my end, it's a little bit related to what we just spoke about. Okay, if you are newer to Locked on Flyers, our nemesis of the week is something we do every Monday and we look at the week ahead or in some cases the weeks ahead and say, you know, what is the thing that's intimidating us the most or bothering us the most or just making us irritated about hockey or the Flyers and there's always uh, you know a lot to draw from and last week we talked about the Tony D'Angelo drama and having free agency anxiety and boy was that well <laughs> deserved I mean uh, we were right to have anxiety about the Flyers and free agency as it turned out uh, and that's what we talked about all last week was what they did do and what they didn't do. Uh, coming up for this week, my nemesis is the summer doldrums sitting with what just happened in free agency for weeks. And, you know, we have this gap now between development camp and, and free agency happening at the same time and rookie camp and, and training camp in the fall. And our last like big memory of the Flyers is what did and did not happen in free agency and the moves that they made or, or did not make. And that can like tend to weigh you down a little bit. So mm -hmm. I think like that's why we're here to talk about other things about the Flyers and our prospects and looking toward the future, I think, to try and uh, kind of boost our spirits a little bit, because I think we all need it. Yeah, I think uh, spirit boosting is, is good for everybody. I do. Uh, my nemesis of the week is the Lane Hudson story that is kind of getting blown out of proportion. So, you know, Lane Hudson drafted he's a five foot seven and a half inch guy you could buy montreal by montreal you could put five eight if you want it's fine uh you know and he said at the combine hey uh i'm supposed to get taller they you know they go through these growth tests and believe it or not i had that done when i was little too because not little when i was like um probably like 13 because i didn't have a growth spurt until um 11th grade summer and I grew like six inches. I was like five foot three. Then I'm at the height I'm at now, like a little over five nine. And some people didn't recognize me. Like that's how much I grew, right? Mm -hmm. And and so you know he could grow to five eleven. It's possible, but like just the amount of talk about it on Twitter and like a doctor showing like pages and page not not pages, but just X rays and theory and everything and just <laughs> like over like what may not even happen is just like, can we just let this kid's career play out a little bit? 
I mean, he's a really good hockey player. How about we just look out for that and not worry about the other part? That's my nemesis. Amen. Yeah. I think, again, with the summer doldrums, people have too much time on their they hands do. to get into this sort of thing. And so we want to talk about as that many positive that things tweet we was can. That a thesis that, from that one oh. guy. We will put a link to that thread in the show notes just so you can see what Russ is talking about. Yeah, it was full on like charts and trends. Absolute madness. Growth plates. and Just <laughs> uh, stop. Okay. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, we are going to talk about the Hockey Canada lawsuit coming up next. So uh, if this is an issue for you, feel free to bounce from the rest of the episode. We do not blame you one bit. Yeah, we don't so, want to trigger anybody. Exactly. Exactly. So in uh, April... There was a lawsuit filed against Hockey Canada by a woman. Um, it was also filed against the CHL uh, related to eight uh, unnamed hockey players, including some from the uh, 2018 Team Canada from World Juniors squad for a sexual assault incident. And uh, it should be noted that Carter Hart was on that team. And that's why it's relevant to the Flyers. Um, at the time, Hockey Canada didn't make it required for players to be interviewed in the investigation. And Hockey Canada just kind of settled the lawsuit and they closed the investigation. They didn't put out any report about it. And uh, people were, I think, uh, rightfully upset about it because Hockey Canada gets funding from the Canadian government. Uh, people were uh, really upset. Sponsors started pulling their support. And so last week, Hockey Canada announced a new investigation um, by a third party. And this time, everybody is required to participate or they're going to be banned from Hockey Canada activities. Yeah. So I get it from the player perspective, like, fine, you have to get involved, say your piece, whatever. Uh, from the coaching perspective, you wish uh, it would have been more voluntary or even more more than coaches, but like, you know, management, oversight. You wish it would have been a little bit more publicized, a little bit more transparency. I mean, I was at that tournament. I covered that up in Buffalo. Uh, you're always like aghast when you find out about these things. And really, I, I would like to hope there would be great change from this. I can't tell you that. I believe there will be, but at least there's a step in the right direction. But, you know, from Tom Rennie down, everybody's got to, you know, stop covering for each other. And, you know, if there were problems here, you're going to have to be honest with them and you're going to have to cure them instead of just, you know, kind of saying, well, we investigated and these are our findings and move on. And Hockey Canada is absolutely in damage control mode right oh, yeah. now with all of this because of the loss of the sponsorship dollars, let's be honest. And so in addition to this additional look into the incident, they're going to require additional consent and sexual violence training for all of their coaches and players mm -hmm. and staff and all of that and, and try and look into their process to see what they can do better. But I think the trust level with Hockey Canada is pretty low right now. Yeah, I mean, you could just go back to some other world juniors where, like, remember the year the Russians won and they were, you know, the 
the kids were kind of like drunk on the plane. The plane had to pull mm-hmm. over and, you know, and everybody sort of looked at them like, oh, look at Russia. Well, now, you know, we're looking at Canada. So that's where, you know, you have to try and run a clean program. And when things go on, you have to identify them and and fix them right away. This wasn't fixed right away. It was not. And I think it remains to be seen if things improve. And um, USA Hockey is not blameless either. I think no. there's a lot of problems over there as well. So I just want to make sure it's clear we're not singling we're not out deciding, hockey. No. Hockey Canada here because, uh, yeah, USA Hockey has a lot to work on as well. But uh, we will definitely be keeping track of that story and, you know, whether or not Carter Hart participates, et cetera. I think he has to. I don't think he has a choice. I mean, he does at this point. So otherwise he can't do anything with Hockey Canada. So we shall see. But do you want to wrap things up with a fun thing? And you mentioned Charlie O'Connor's video of Alex Bump's uh, controversial non It's the only goal. proof we have. Yes. So have a link to that in our show notes. It's a pretty nice goal. I think he should have gotten credit for it. Yeah, it's a nice goal. I can't believe the other bench was like pointing at it like it wasn't. I saw it in real time and I was right in that end. It was obvious. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, I uh, I don't know either, but uh, he deserves credit. And I'm glad there's video proof. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again Wednesday. We'll have our mailbag. So get those questions in. Uh, we will also have a segment. I'm going to be talking to the Locked on Eagles host, Louis DiBiase. And so we'll have that for you as well. Do a little Philly sports uh, synergy. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you can tweet us your thoughts and, and questions at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. You can post a comment over on YouTube. We're there as well. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.